0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to Episode 6 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. The topic for today is risk. This podcast is the final out of five that explore healthy attitudes that set the stage for success in your sports efforts. Let me preface this discussion of risk-taking by saying that when I'm talking about taking risks, I don't mean taking stupid risks, such as texting while driving, jumping off the roof of your house, or taking drugs. I also don't mean taking sports-related risks for which you're unprepared. You have little chance of success or where the consequences of failure are dire. That's not taking risks. That's just being playing stupid. Instead, risk-taking in sports involves weighing the risks and rewards of a particular course of action, evaluating the chance of success and failure, determining your preparedness to take the risk, and deciding on your willingness to accept the consequences of failure in response to the risk. At a practical level, risk-taking means getting out of your comfort zone, pushing your limits, and doing things on the field of play that may lead to greater success, but realistically may also lead to greater failure. From Jim McMahon, the Super Bowl-winning Chicago Bears quarterback, yes, risk-taking is inherently failure-prone. Otherwise, it would be called sure-thing taking. The dictionary defines risk as a situation in which you expose yourself to danger. Though physical risk is certainly an inevitable part of many sports, the risks I'm talking about are more psychological and emotional in nature. Clearly, risk is absolutely essential for success not only in sports, but also in every aspect of life, whether winning an Olympic gold medal, starting a tech company, or telling somebody, I love you. If you don't take risks, you won't improve, grow, or achieve your athletic or life goals. And importantly, you will never find out what you are truly capable of or how far you can go. This kind of risk comes from when you face a test of your ability, effort, and preparation. You're putting your self-identity, self-esteem, goals, hopes, and dreams on the line. After the competition, you will learn whether you succeed or not at the test. The risk then becomes clear. Failure. Given the risks of taking risks, there are obvious upsides to not taking risks. You stay safe, you never get uncomfortable, and you minimize the risk of failure, which I'll discuss later on. Of course, there are far more significant downsides to not taking risks. You will be perpetually stuck where you are. You will never be truly successful. You will feel really frustrated, and you will never be completely satisfied with your efforts. From boxing legend Muhammad Ali, He who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life. Hopefully, I've convinced you of the necessity of risk in your sport. But taking risks in sport is a simple but not easy choice. It's simple because would you rather take risks and give yourself a strong chance of success or play it safe and guarantee failure? The answer is obvious. At the same time, it's not an easy choice because no one likes to fail. And when you take risks... Failure is a distinct possibility. That's the nature of risks. Also, there are a variety of powerful psychological and emotional forces that hold you back from taking risks. Fear of failure. No way you'll take a risk if you're afraid to fail. Perfectionism. The bar is set so high, anything less than perfection is failure. Need for control. Taking a risk requires that you give up control. And lack of confidence in your abilities or preparations. You're not going to take a risk if you don't think you can succeed. At the heart of risk-taking is the willingness to accept that when you take risks, you might fail. And if you do, you may feel bad. But in the end, you'll be okay. By the very nature, you're more likely to fail when you take risks. But paradoxically, when you take risks, your chances of success also increase. If you can accept failure, it is no longer a danger. And without that danger of failure, there's no reason not to take risks, because all you see are the upsides. I'm not saying that you should take risks indiscriminately all the time. That is a recipe for disaster. Your goal should be to increase your willingness to take appropriate risks when the time and situation is right, and the chances of the risk paying off are higher than not. From James B. Conant, former president of Harvard University, Behold the turtle. It makes progress only when it sticks its neck out. Risk-taking is not so much a skill as a lifestyle choice. The chances are that if you're not a risk-taker in your broader life, you're probably not going to be one in your sport. So, to become a risk-taker on the field, course, court, track, hill, or what have you, you should embrace risk in all aspects of your life. If you can make taking risks a part of who you are, then risk-taking in your sport will simply be what you do. Two great places that I have been challenging athletes I work with to take risks is socially and academically. For example, if you can ask someone you like out on a date but haven't been willing to take the risk of rejection, you'll find it a lot less scary to take a risk in your sport. And if you can speak up in class when your teacher or professor asks a question, taking a risk on the field of play will seem like a piece of cake. Regardless of the setting, Every time you consider taking a risk, you are, without realizing it, doing a risk-reward analysis in which you weigh the benefits and the costs of taking a risk. Whether, for example, going for an ace in tennis, hitting over a water hazard in golf, or throwing long in football. You, of course, don't want to take risks every time. There is a place for risk and a place to perform more judiciously. You have to decide your chances of succeeding when you take a risk and whether the risk will be rewarded. Also, risk-taking isn't just something that you just do all of a sudden. Rather, it is something that must be planned for and worked on. Like making a technical or tactical change without careful thought and planning. A spontaneous approach to risk-taking will most likely result in failure for most athletes. Sure, the world's best athletes can sometimes get away with throwing caution to the wind risk-taking because they're talented, experienced, and confident. But for most everyone else, it's not an approach to risk-taking that I would recommend. It never feels like the right time to take risks because, well, there are risks to taking risks. First, when you start taking risks as you learn to push your limits, those risks often won't be rewarded right away. In other words, you're more likely to make mistakes and experience failure than usual because you're performing at a level you're not accustomed to. Risk-taking, as a sense, is a skill that takes time, commitment, and persistence to develop. Just like any skill, however, when you first start taking risks in your sport, your mind and your body aren't going to be used to it, so your performance may take a step or two backwards in your practices and competitions. Because you haven't ingrained the skills fully, it won't immediately translate into improved performance. This initial inconsistency happened to an Olympic athlete I worked with who had a history of performing conservatively. In the first competitions of the season, he had some periods of great performance as he began to take risks, but also made mistakes that cost him. But after about a half dozen events, his risk-taking started to click, and he had a series of outstanding performances in big competitions that resulted in a big leap in his world ranking. Second, because you will struggle at first, your confidence may also suffer, and you may question whether risk-taking is the right path to be on. You might say to yourself, gosh, my past safer approach worked pretty well, certainly much better than the way it's going now, so maybe I should just stick with what's worked. But what may have worked in the past and gotten to where you are currently won't necessarily work in the future or get you where you want to go. As an old Texas saying goes, if all you ever do is all you've ever done, then all you'll ever get is all you've ever got. Your efforts shouldn't be devoted to where you are now, but where you want to be in the next month, next year, or in five years in your sport. You need to prepare yourself performing at the next level. And performing safe just won't cut it. You have to be willing to take risks. In an ideal world, the off-season is the best time to start taking risks because you have no concern about results and you have the time to practice the skill of risk-taking. But I would argue that there's no time like the present to start taking risks, regardless of the time of the year or where you are in your competitive season. If you're going to make a real commitment to risk-taking to get your performances to the next level, you might as well start now because the sooner you start, the sooner you'll reap the benefits. From hockey legend Wayne Gretzky, You'll always miss 100% of the shots you don't take. As I discussed in a previous podcast, the real risk of taking risks is you might fail. And if you're overly focused on the cost of risk-taking, usually driven by fear of failure or feeling pressure to get results, the chances are that you will shift into a threat attitude in which you're driven to protect yourself from that threat. As a result, you become risk-averse because risk that leads to failure is a threat to your self-identity, self-esteem, and goals, and you're not likely to take the risks necessary to perform your best and achieve those goals. Moreover, even if you do get yourself to take a risk, it will probably not pay off because in threat mode, as I talked about in a previous podcast about challenge versus threat, changes in your physiology and psychology will probably cause the risk to go unrewarded. You want to see risk-taking as a challenge to pursue, not a threat to avoid. With this challenge attitude, Physiology and psychology will shift in a way that will increase the chances of the risk being rewarded. You'll feel energized, committed, confident, and focused, all of which will help you make those risks pay off in great competitive performances. Finally, you may think that taking risks is, well, risky for your sport, but the reality is that not taking risks is far more risky to your athletic goals because performing safe will not get you where you want to go. If you take risks, you will certainly have some setbacks in the short run. But in the long run, you will give yourself a lot better chance of performing your best and achieving your sports goals when you take those risks. So when you look at it that way, taking risks in your sport isn't really risky at all. From Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bowlines, lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, Explore, dream, discover. Finally, taking risks is an uncertain endeavor. You don't know whether you can actually take the risks you need to take or whether those risks will pay off, even with the best of intentions and significant effort. No one, not your coaches, family, friends, or well, sports psychologists, can foresee what will happen to you if you take a risk. There's going to be that fear of the unknown. Can you take the risk and will it pay off? Ultimately, if you really want to become the best athlete you can be, you must take a leap of faith. A great philosopher once said, you do or you do not, there is no try. No, it wasn't Aristotle or Socrates who spoke those simple yet profound words. The great thinker was Yoda, the Jedi Master of Star Wars fame. I often use an analogy from the film Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, in which Indiana Jones is in search of the Holy Grail. He's following a map that leads him on a treacherous journey. Near the end of the film, Jones comes to a seemingly bottomless chasm, across from which is the doorway to a room where the Holy Grail is kept. There is no apparent bridge across the abyss, yet the map shows a picture of a man stepping into the void and speaks of taking a leap of faith that will enable Jones to traverse the gap. Additionally, his father has been injured, and the only way to save him is to pour water from the Holy Grail on the wound. Clearly, the consequences of failure in taking this leap of faith for Indiana Jones are dire, namely plummeting to his death. Yet, mustering his courage, Jones takes that leap of faith and finds that there is an invisible bridge that he can walk across to seize the Holy Grail. Against the most severe consequences, if the risk didn't pay off, Jones had the faith to choose the path that led him to the Holy Grail. A nice metaphor, I I might add. Similarly, you must also have the strength of your conviction to take that leap of faith to discover your holy grail, that is, achievement of your athletic goals, especially realizing that your worst-case scenario is nothing like that faced by Indiana Jones. The leap of faith begins with a conviction that only by getting out of your comfort zone and taking risks do you have any chance of achieving your sports goals. The leap of faith continues with, well, faith that the risks you take will, in fact, result in improved performance and results. The leap of faith involves having a basic belief in yourself and a fundamental trust and a fundamental trust in what you want to accomplish as an athlete. The leap of faith involves the belief that good things will happen when you choose to take risks. Recognize also that some misgivings are a normal part of the process. You can never be 100% certain that things will work out the way you want. That's the nature of risks. If you didn't have doubts, it wouldn't require a leap of faith. Lastly, you must also understand that this leap of faith is not complete blind faith. Rather, you've committed many hours of effort to developing yourself as an athlete in your sport that has prepared you to succeed when you take the leap of faith. So the leap of faith may seem immense to you, just as it did for Indiana Jones, but in reality, the risks are not so great and your chances of success are very high and those of failure, surprisingly low. From race car driving legend Mario Andretti, if things seem under control, You are just not going fast enough. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to Episode 6 of Train Your Mind for Athletic Success. Be on the lookout for Episode 7 in the near future.